Listen to the show and peep what these dudes bring. If you didn't know, it's an orange and blue thing. Hope to win the championship in a few rings. We're talking baseball. It's an orange and blue thing. Walk off if the game's tied like shoestrings. It's a Mets podcast, orange and blue thing. Beat the other team with defense in a few swings. LFGM, it's an orange and blue thing. What's up, Mets fans? Welcome back to Orange Blue Thing. Darren Meenan here with Pete McCarthy. I shouldn't even say it like that. It looks like uh, you're the sidekick or something. But Darren Meenan and Pete McCarthy here at City Field. You wouldn't know it, but the Mets are now – well, you wouldn't know it from looking at the ballpark here because there's no one here but us. <laughs> the Mets are eight, eight days away from starting their 2020 baseball season finally. Well, usually they're in Florida, right? So there wouldn't be anybody here anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the players are here. And that's about it. I walked by the players' parking lot last week, and you can actually see inside a little bit. Gotta say, it wasn't wasn't wowed, wasn't blown away by the the caliber of vehicles in there. You mean? Yes. Oh, what did you see? Some like a lot uh, of trucks. Oh, I thought some like a Kia or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I probably don't know enough about cars to sit there and uh, and judge each, which one each is. But I, I didn't see you know the ONSS, but it's three wheeler or anything like that. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Someone had a. Um was it a Ferrari or something a few years ago? And I remember looking at it because you could see it from here, like the ramps, not the ramps, but the staircases that come down from the right field, uh, you know, upper deck area or whatever. There's no real ramps on this side. But as you're coming down, you can overlook the player's parking lot. And I can't remember who it was, but he parked like a dick, basically. <laughs> he basically took up like four parking spots so none of the right. other players would like ding his door. You know what I mean? You want to take a guess on whose car it was? I don't or? remember. I, mean, I don't know. Did if you any, know at one point? I, I probably did. Mets fans could guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who it was. but he part, I remember John Rouse had, had that gigantic uh, blue uh, Jeep Wrangler. He didn't really park like a, like a prick. But this other guy, I don't know who it was, but he definitely did not park right. Anyway, enough about the parking lot here. Uh, <laughs> how, how's your week been, Pete? Yeah, all is well. All is well. How you doing? I'm all right. My Twitter, I'm not verified, so my Twitter oh, account did not get hacked last night. It's I, a big day. Yeah. You know, uh, we were talking about it before we went live here. If you don't know what we're talking about or you're watching or listening afterwards, last night there was this whole Twitter to do. Uh, some prominent accounts, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, I don't know who else you saw. Obama. Obama. Apple. They all basically had the same copy and pasted tweet from some hacker trying to get a bunch of currency out of out of uh, some some very innocent people on the internet, and they yeah. end up getting over You send me 1000 I'll send you 2000 <laughs> yeah. What could go wrong? Foolproof. Yeah, but the you know it got over a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know who was able to track it, but over a hundred thousand dollars was uh, donated or clicked on this link and submit to some someone got it's like the money. a Bitcoin account. Yeah, so do I you don't have Bitcoin? That you works. have that? No, I'm not into the Bitcoin game. Yeah, neither am I. My buddy uh, Shu knew about Bitcoin like ten years ago, and I guess you probably at, at then you probably could have made some money off it. Buy it you for pennies on the dollar. Bought you know? low, sell high, right? Like anything else, and it's. I don't, as far as I know, there have been some highs and lows with it. So if you right. if you hit the right timing, then maybe you did all right with it. But uh, but yeah, but I think it's I don't, I don't know how traceable it is, but it's clearly and it's been reported as an inside job at Twitter. Like these hackers found somebody at Twitter to supply them with access yeah. to all of these accounts. Are you are you do you, have a you have the blue check? I used to, and then when I I had W O R in my name when I was still working at the radio stations. Then when I left. I changed my handle, and once you change your handle, that's it. The check mark goes away. Yeah. And they stopped 
giving out new check marks basically after that. So you know it's what it fun. is like uh, people always. Like, I don't know how many account, how many followers we have on the Seven Lines account. It's it's a decent amount, but. I don't understand the point of being verified. It doesn't get you anything special. I don't think you could do anything special if you have a verified account besides the check. But people are really obsessed with being verified for some reason. Yeah, I, I think if you're a reporter, right, if you're Ken Rosenthal and you're breaking well, stories, right. then there's a bunch of fake Kate, right, Ken right, right, Rosenthal's right. out there trying to go viral. That's that makes what sense. The check mark is for. But I'm talking about the everyday Joe Schmo. Who cares? Yeah, no, you, you don't know. need it. It's nice when people put their name behind stuff that they put on the internet, though. Oh yeah, I mean that's kind of a plus. If you had the check mark, that means you probably have your real name there, right? Right, right, right. Uh, they've checked your driver's license. At least that's how they used to do it. That's a good thing. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't mind it if it got us some special privileges because I know like the the Twitter max on a video is like two twenty, uh, two two minutes twenty seconds. I thought that I tried to be verified for a second because I thought that you could then up it to 10 minutes. I know some accounts can do like 10 minute video uploads. See, I would you, do it for that. Now you sound like the blue check elites. Like, oh, <laughs> I got my check mark. Now I got to be special. Give me some perks here. I'm in the club. Come on. They should do it by ratio. Like how many people follow you to how many uh, you, uh, you follow. But anyway, um, that's that. The last week I talked about I was going to go down to New Jersey and finally race. I don't know if you saw the results, but I actually came back with two trophies. Get out of here. Yeah. It went well. Yeah, it went pretty good. Um, I, I was It was hot. It was like a 90-something degrees. You're wearing, you know, helmet, chest protector, goggles, gloves, full pants, boots. So I was on the verge of either passing out or throwing up like all day because I have nerves and heat. But uh, I did good. Uh, I'm 39. I had to race the 30-plus class. I got uh, sixth in the 30-plus class out of, I think it was like, I don't know, 15 guys or something like that. And then in the 25-plus class, which is, uh, you know, 25 and over, I'm 39, there was like 18 people in that. I got fifth. Wow. So not bad. Let me uh, see these trophies. They're, they're more plaques than trophies. Okay. But uh, they're now on the mantle at my house for at least like a month until, yeah. until Kelly gets sick of it. But it was a good time. Um, I don't know if we even talked about this or if anyone even cares, but I did battle some pretty serious uh, anxiety issues for a number of years. I was on, like, daily medications, yada, yada, and where it was almost crippling to a point where, like, I couldn't be on a train unless I was in a certain seat. I didn't want to be on an airplane because I confined spaces. I didn't like to drive over bridges. Hmm. So when I was young, when I raced, when I was, like, 12 and 13, I remember being so worked up where I would throw up. I'd get that worked up, and then I'd go win the race. So it was totally a mental mind F, but... Uh, like 10 years ago when the seven line first started, I had a couple of times where I was contacted from like certain media outlets and I wouldn't do the interview if it was live because I was nervous. Like, oh, what if I something happens? I was just like I'd think about it for a week ahead of time. So I was on the, these pills and I didn't like the way it made me feel. So I stopped taking them like six years ago, cold turkey. And for maybe from being on them for a little bit, it changed my chemical balance where Knock on wood, it's been pretty good so far. Wow, so it was a big mental challenge for you. Yeah, it's mine. Yeah, so it's, you know, I'm, I know I'm capable. I ride a couple times a week, but going down there, it's like you're thinking the whole way I'm driving there and thinking about it. And I'm sure everyone has nerves, especially when you're doing something like that. I couldn't picture what it's like for Pete Alonso to now transfer back to baseball because that's probably why you're watching. Pete Alonso to then sit and stand in the box in the home run derby, his first, run, first year up as, you know, a major league baseball player. I can't imagine what nerves go into that. Well, you think about someone like Zach Granke, right, who's been open about some of the oh, yeah, for sure. anxiety issues that he has had and uh, his struggles in Kansas City where he, he missed time one year to, to, to work on some things, and he's very 
I guess, awkward, for lack of a better word, with the, the media. He doesn't enjoy the, the daily back and forth and things of that nature, but he's been able to have a successful major league career yeah. despite all of that. Yeah, I remember that coming up. I think it was maybe some point last year. He does a lot of, like, one-word answers and stuff, and then he gets bashed for it from the probably people who don't have their, their names on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, with their accounts. And, you know, that, that stuff – not everyone is as outgoing. And, you know, if he's a good baseball player and he doesn't want to really sit down and have 20-minute conversations with the beat, then that's, that's his, you know, his prerogative. It's, well, you it's need some right. players to sell the game, but right. it doesn't have to be everybody. Well, what about now? Like now, like, the, it's really a tough time for baseball. Like, um, you know, the press conferences are all done through Zoom. I yeah. guess the, 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 the reporters aren't getting the same amount of access. Do, so do you think as a fan, this whole, you know, the 60-game sprint we're going to now see, is it going to be so game-driven where there's no side stories? Yeah, I think that's going to be a big part of it. I, I what know, are they right about, you know? I, I know right now, and I'm saying this as a fan, right? I, I'm not a beat writer. I'm not in there. I'm not on these Zoom calls. I feel disconnected from what's happening with the Mets. And I guess it could be for a variety of reasons, right? I, I, one being you're not getting those little inside scoops and stories. All the beats are getting the same information and the same interviews. So they're using the same quotes and the stories are all relatively similar unless they go off the beaten path as far as the actual baseball goes. Also, a a lot of the interest in baseball isn't just the game itself. It's a soap opera. It's 162 games every single day, right? You get to know the players' ticks. You have batting stance guy, right? Yeah, yeah. People know exactly how Mike Piazza held his bat and stood in the batter's box 20 years ago and can mimic it because you see it all the time. And then same thing after the game, hearing post-game interviews, quotes, whatever it is. If you think about what a player is seeing now during those interviews instead of maybe talking to a writer one-on-one or having the scrum around them, whatever it might be, now they have Mets PR and a computer in front of them. So you're not going to get the super honest answers that are maybe the most interesting and revealing. So even if you're not a fan of the beat or some of the other stories that go around, I think you're going to miss it because you're not going to have some of those little quirky things that pop up over the course of a baseball season and, and keep things interesting, right? I, it, everything is going to be cleansed in a way right and i don't know i just like i said i feel disconnected from what is happening which is odd at a time when obviously players can tweet and do their own thing on social media but you don't have uh, also you don't have the water cooler talk as much right like i don't see a lot of mets fans in person at work here there or yankee fans where i'm talking back and forth if you're not seeing that many people then you know, there, it means a little less, I guess, if that's not your connection. Like, I hung out with a friend I hadn't seen in months last night. We always talk about sports. We talked about sports for, like, ten minutes, and then we did three hours talking about other stuff going on in the world. Like, without having the sports up, that water cooler talk, whatever you want to put it, it just it, it's different. So I, I, That's the way I feel now. Now, look, once the games start, maybe it's a very different situation and everything kind of – comes back all at once and we're railing about you know some some pitcher not trying hard enough or uh, whatever it is whatever the things that come up over the course of a year uh but right now it it doesn't feel like that it doesn't feel as important 
yeah. considering everything happening in the world being one part of it and also how our daily lives and interactions have changed. So if you haven't seen the, the games, once they do start up, SNY is going to broadcast 56 of them. And like Pete was just saying, that it's going to be a big difference, a big, big change than what we're used to. So Gary, Keith, and Ron are going to do the games from the booth for home and away games. Uh, they're going to be here doing the away games. Uh, there's only four exceptions. Uh, Sunday, July 26th, which is the first weekend, uh, it's going to be the ESPN game. And then uh, July 30th, Fox, September 19th, Fox, September 26th, Fox. But uh, to your point, with the whole uh, the Zoom, you know, press conferences. I'm wondering if uh, that's also going to eliminate, like, the on-field with Gelbs after the game. Like, is Gelbs going to get to talk to... I would guess so, because they do that in other sports. After the golf events, usually they have a longer microphone or a, a second microphone for yeah, the podium set up. They could, you know, put a headphones on these right. guys. I and mean, there are a variety of ways they could do that. I, I do think you will still get that post-game interview... But it'll be a little different. Guy hits a walk-off home run, and usually they're acknowledging the fans and you know tip their cap, whatever it might be, right? And you're not going to have a lot of that. Yeah. You know how players have talked about this. How are they going to celebrate those moments if you can't dogpile together and you have to continue to social distance and things? So, like a lot of it is going to look different. I, I think that'll be an aspect, though. The Gelbs interview that you will, uh, yeah, you'll you'll still get that. So uh, I mean. It's a much different scenario because uh, the NBA is trying to start back up and they're doing the whole bubble thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, once you're in the bubble, I guess you're in the clear. And uh, are, uh, as far as, I mean, you're never really going to be in the clear unless there's a some type of uh, magic potion or the vaccine mm -hmm. works if it ever comes out. But right, the MLS I think is trying to bubble and it yeah, it didn't work, right? Well. So the, um, you know, they're having their issues with whatever. I don't know if it's an issue. They're still getting fed, but you know, the the food stuff has been coming out and yada yada. But, um, you know that's how long would that be so once let's say you're you're in the nba and you're mm -hmm. gonna get in the bubble and and win and move on how long do they expect these guys to be there i guess it'll be about two and a half to three months if so, you go all the way i mean baseball i guess they well that's also one location that's different than not traveling but i guess it wouldn't work for this but i feel like in general the way that everyone's going to be uh you know, going about their business, whether it's the fans or the players or the press, it's just a weird year that, uh, you know, All of you have to adapt, you know? Yeah. And look, if you're a fan, if your favorite thing is going to the ballpark, obviously that's not going to be an option. It yeah. certainly seems. Yeah. Uh, we know in Philadelphia they're not going to have any fans at baseball or football games, and I suppose things could change here, but I think that's the assumption that you have to have walking into this season. And then you're just strictly going to be watching the games on television. But then – you know, baseball falls into the rhythms of your life, right? Like, I don't know how many people sit there, lock in on a baseball game for three hours. I think a lot of people have it on in the background. Maybe they're playing on their phone, doing different things, playing with their kids, uh, you know, getting some work done, shooting off emails, whatever it is. And maybe it's more passive how you watch baseball. Well, if the rest of your life has changed now, how how is baseball going to fit into it? Right? We've also had four months, five months now without sports. So people have found other habits and pastimes. Maybe they just love watching Netflix shows now and realize I, I don't need to watch sports every night. I, I think all of this is, you know, fascinating just in terms of how people's behaviors have changed, whether they're permanent, whether they're temporary. I do think opening day, you're going to see huge numbers. People are going to come back in droves to watch baseball. But then where are you on August 15th? Where are you when you start getting towards September? 
that's where I, I think it'll be more telling what what people's true appetite is. And obviously the competition. I mean, you have NBA, NHL going on at the same time. Yeah, yeah, Football yeah, yeah. theoretically will be ramping up. I'm wondering, like you, you brought up a good point. I wonder how many people that you know might be in the boat of thinking that they loved baseball, like it was their number one thing they loved in their life and uh, for an entertainment side of, of their life. And like you said, maybe over the past four months, and they've this is the first summer they've ever had where there is no baseball, where other things kind of are occupying their time now, mm-hmm. where games start and they're like, maybe I don't love it as much as I thought I did. Well, look, a lot of it is social too, and, and you know this with everything that that's, Seven Line does yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. hanging out at the tailgate beforehand and going in and getting to know each other over the years. If you take away the social interaction that's a part of it, not only going to the games, but also your day-to-day interactions, right? Seeing coworkers who are Yankee fans and dealing with the back and forth, and it matters that the Mets win so you can rub it in Carl's face when you get in the next day, right? Like, you lose some of that if you're not, again, having your usual routine. Right. So I just – I think there's a, a lot to be seen. Now – Clearly, the the guesses from the billionaires that this isn't going to be a permanent thing because you look at some of the numbers being thrown around for the Mets franchise and how many billionaire groups are getting involved for uh, for the sale here. Maybe not for the same money that it looked like they were going to go for back in February, but there there still seems to be quite a bit enough interest that you say, yeah, they they're betting that baseball is going to be back and continue to be an important part of life in this country you have any plans for opening day like do you can you foresee what you might be doing next friday at four o'clock in the afternoon well no i haven't thought about it to be honest but uh, yeah i'm sure i'll be on the couch watching tv with the uh the baby next to me force her to watch some baseball for as long as possible <laughs> she'll be upset because i'll have to turn off the sesame street but that's okay uh yeah i i, I would think july 23rd too uh, with yankees national starting it up and then the uh, dodgers giants and look, i, I want to watch all that i'm excited for that i'm not a huge golf soccer fan like the sports that have come back haven't done a whole lot for me even if i watch like the first one just because it's nice to see it back so yeah baseball coming back is going to be going to be huge get those fantasy drafts going got to figure all that out the next week and yeah and there's a lot of it that i you know again i do hope then we hit opening day and it feels better and okay, like we're in. It's baseball season. Let's go. But I, I, I do think there is a lot that remains to be seen with that. We're getting hit up constantly, at least once or twice a day from different bars or venues or whatever that want us to come out to, and do something for opening day. And I, I keep telling everyone the same thing. Like I, I don't want to put the seven line myself or the, the group in a position where we look irresponsible. So I would, I would love to be at a bar with, uh, you know, 400 friends next Friday, but it's just not in the cards. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So uh, I, we probably even said this last week, like the juice isn't worth the squeeze or something like that. It's not worth it. Like it's the, the, the cons far away the pros when it comes to that, because I, I don't even trust uh, not I don't trust myself in the situation where something good happens. Pete Alonzo or yeah. Jacob DeGrom does something great. I'm jumping around with my buddy and then it ends up on Twitter and you know, everyone points the finger that we're being irresponsible. So well, even, you don't want to be irresponsible either. No, I don't. I know. But <laughs> no, I also don't want it to look a certain way. Even no, look, if I'm, I mean, look, if you have a bunch of people together and you're drinking, I think we've all experienced this hanging out in the yards. The mask goes off. Right. right? If you're right. drinking, you're not mask on, mask off, doing this and that. Look, it seems like if you're outside, you, you're relatively safe, but it's not 
a thousand percent. And yeah. if you're going to get a bunch of people together and, you know, it's one that's thing a, when it's a, family or friends and you kind of talk to them beforehand and feel out what they've been doing. Right, right, because right. Because if you right, have right. someone who's just been willy-nilly running around doing whatever the hell they want, right. you know, that's the person that you don't really want to be around in yeah, any yeah, kind yeah, of close yeah. circumstance. So, yeah, I, I think anytime you know, hanging out at a bar, strangers. Like, I was at Astoria last night. I live in Astoria. I was on Ditmar's. And it's crazy to me. Like, there's just all the restaurants are basically out on the sidewalks, which is beautiful, typically. But there's so many people out there. And look, I, I get it. If you're outside, it, it seems like that's a safer way to be. But once you're drinking and then right, eating right, right, and right, stuff, right. there's no masks. And there's a lot of people in a not very large uh, plot of land or whatever. And uh, I was just like, this is, I, you know, the numbers haven't gone up. But it just it doesn't seem like a great idea. I, but I, look, everyone has a different threshold for what yeah, they're yeah, yeah. willing to tolerate. But well, we also have, we yeah. talked about this last week, we have other people besides just ourselves to think about. So I'm sure this is probably a really weird time to be single. You know, single, no kids, no wife, no whatever. Uh, like you said, going out is much, I'm sure it has to be much different for someone who's single right now. But anyway, the, the long story short of that with the whole getting together for opening day, it's not going to happen. But I did talk to some venues where I said, if we can put something in place where um, there's a reservation system, whether even they have to put like a dollar in the system just to make sure that they get their seat or whatever, maybe we would do that. Not for next week, but maybe at some point during the season, because then we can limit how many people are actually going to show up. We can't just say, hey, we're going to be at this bar on Friday, first hundred people to get in, or, you know, whatever. Then it's going to be a mess. And then you have people hanging out down the street or whatever. So if we could do it in a, in a certain way where it's a, a set system in place where we know we're not uh, biting off more than we could chew safely and, and legally then uh, stay tuned for that. But I want to give a quick shout-out. I should have done this earlier. Uh, two things. If you share the show right now, if you're watching live on Facebook, cl click the little share button. If you're on Twitter, click the retweet button. And if you're watching the replay on Instagram, just comment, I want free Met stuff, I guess, because that's how we're going to do this. <laughs> uh, that's what we did last week. We had the uh, bobblehead, the Pete Alonzo bobblehead from Forever Collectibles. Uh, and the three winners for that uh, on Twitter – we have Beach RJZ Man. You are a winner. On Facebook, Justin Yu. Congrats to Justin. Yeah, Justin. And on Instagram, Zach underscore Paris. P-A-R-I-S-E. I will hit you guys up today after today's show. Get your address and mail you at that bobble from FOCO. If you want some free med stuff, though, just um, you have until next week. So that's the way we work our share contest now. We don't do randomly scrolling through our cell phones trying to pick a winner. This is still done randomly, but uh, you now have a full week to try to get in on the share contest so this week you're going to get some free met stuff from the seven line i'll hit up hit you up for your your size and i'll put a bunch of stuff in a box and mail it out to you um also quick shout out to our friends from the dugout mugs dugout mugs has been a partner of ours for a bit now they make uh excellent mugs made out of baseball bats and they have a whole bunch of different options where you can get the the mug they make wine mugs they make bottle sh uh what do they call this knob shots uh, a whole bunch of different stuff, and uh, you can also get them customized. So hit up dugoutmugs.com, but really cool offer they're doing, uh, I think for the first 100. They did this last year for us as well. They're giving away a free knob shot. So the bottom of the, the baseball bat is cut. They hollow it out, and it is a shot mug. Uh, I'm not going to say glass. It's not glass. a shot mug. Uh, they call it the knob shot. So all you got to do to get in on this offer is go to dugoutmugs.com slash knob shot promo. All one word, knob shot promo. You get this for free. It's normally $24.50. You just have to pay the shipping and handling, which handling, which is $8.95. So head on over, 
pick one up for yourself or a loved one if you happen to know someone who is not a Mets fan and you still uh and you're still friends with them you can get one of them <laughs> a knob shot for free if you'd like get a good bourbon you taste the wood a little bit get one for yourself I don't know if you can Giddy see it up. I'm trying to get a little close here but that's what yeah. it looks like very cool thank you to dugout mugs and uh Pete last night I know you saw the tweet because I think you liked it I wrote that uh you know I'm asking for two friends is it okay to drink at 10 a.m in the parking <laughs> lot and uh I only got one person to reply no uh, the majority Ooh. of the ones were, hey, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, yada, yada. One person said, why don't you get a iced coffee instead? But uh, we are not doing that. We have our beers from Coors Light. Thank you to Coors Light. I've definitely tailgated and had beers this early. Cheers to you, Pete. Cheers. And I needed that. I was getting a little parched. Yes. You know, I had an ice cold Coors Light waiting for me in my cooler after the race on Sunday, too. Did you? Yeah. Kelly and Shu were drinking during the day. They weren't getting hammered. We were there all day i think it was like an 18 hour day for me but um i wasn't drinking while i was racing but afterwards and i came back with my two, two trophies i had my nice cold coors light waiting for me so uh coors light uh want to let you guys know how you can get your beer delivered now uh go to get uh to yeah get coorslight.com and they have a, a cool thing where you type in your uh your zip code you can find out how you can get your beer delivered and with baseball starting up next week you're definitely going to want to partake so uh, hit reset and chill with a Coors Light, you know, next week, all summer, for your, the rest of your life. Whenever you want to uh, grab a beer, hit up Coors Light. Um, have it going for the tall boys. You yeah, the right. The tall boys, the bodegas. I don't know if you can get the tall boys delivered. in the park for a little bit. I mean, it's not bad living these days. Laws are out the window. We talked about <laughs> it last week. Just people drinking on the street, doing whatever they want. Uh, one of the clean Mets. up after yourself. That's the uh, the oh, A number one. Yeah, you know, I'm at the playground every day with the baby. She picks up every bottle cap, every piece of garbage that's out there. You know, just keeping a story of clean, I guess. But uh, that's it. That's all. Just clean up after yourself afterwards. But yeah, it's nice. One of my Sit buddies outside. with the Mets actually rolled by in his golf cart here when I was getting set up. He's like, "Hey, Aaron, what's up?" And he looked in. He thought I was live. I'm like, "No, no, I'm just getting set up." He's like, "You want some water?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good. I got beers." And he looked at me kind of like, <laughs> "Beer? It's." 10, 8, it's actually at that point, it was like 9.30 on a it's Thursday. It's a pandemic. We're living day to day. Hey, come on. It's 10.30. Who cares? I was in Port Jeff yesterday. Uh, Kelly and I went for a little afternoon coffee date. We popped into, um, I don't know, one of the places down there. But across the street was, I think Billy is one of those bars down in Port Jeff. It was packed. Thursday, packed, doors open, windows open, and people just sitting in the bar. I'm like, oh, I guess that's. That's the life we live now. You know, it's uh, there is no weekends anymore. There is no Mondays for a lot of people. It's kind of just living, you know, going through the day. And this is the life we live now, I guess. Uh, Survive in advance. Happy hours all day. Uh, so let's get into um, the Jacob deGrom scare from a couple days ago. They were doing the sim game. He lasted, what, an inning, came out with some back tightness. This is nothing new for Jacob. I think he's had some back issues in the past or at least some tightness in the past. Um do you think if this was a regular game scenario, he'd still be out there, or do you think that uh, this is just a precautionary thing? Well, I would imagine it's precautionary, but what I think it'll be interesting about it going forward is typically during a 162-game season, you could say, Jacob, take whatever time you need. If you miss two, three starts, no big deal. Come back mid-April, ready to go. You have all those off days early on, so it's not like you're replacing him in the rotation with the, you know, name your sixth starter uh in this case you have a 60 game season 
you want to get him ramped up so he can pitch, you know, six innings for you right away, which is not easy to do throughout this. So maybe now, even if he does come back, he's only giving you four innings, five innings. But then do you become more aggressive in getting him on the field? Because best case scenario, he's making 13 starts this year. Yeah. And he probably wouldn't even make that. So if he misses even two starts, that's a huge chunk of what you're hoping to get out of Jacob DeGrom. So I do think that the the math, the risk tolerance of, okay, well, let's be cautious, kind of goes out the window to some degree. And, you know, you, you're, of course, going to be careful with Jacob DeGrom. You want to make sure he's 100%. But it's really costly, even if he's only going to miss a couple of starts, a couple of weeks to begin the year. Now, thankfully, in the past, 2018, for example, he missed opening day, but he pitched game two. So it wasn't a big deal. He, he really didn't lose anything that year. So you hope this is similar to that and it won't cost them a whole lot of time. It's just, again, now I, I think the concern would be the ramp up where you're trying to get everything going so quickly and get your pitch count up in a safe manner. And instead of having a month and a half to do it, you have three weeks. Uh, so I don't think you're going to see any eight-inning performances from Jacob deGrom early on. So, uh, you know, obviously, right when it happens, you think, oh, you know, you take a deep breath. Oh, here we go, you know. But uh, he did go for an MRI, and uh, reports came back that the MRI was clean. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully this isn't something that lingers. Like you said, we got to get our horses out there off to a good start because you can't – we can't afford uh, a slow start. And, you know – And the pitching isn't as deep as it's been in the past. Now, you don't have Noah Syndergaard. You don't have Zach Wheeler. So you start looking at those fifth, sixth starters. Now, you know, they had Waka and Porcello as depth. Well, those guys are both in the rotation now, and you start looking past them. There's not a whole lot there. So if Jacob DeGrom's going to miss time, not only do you not have Jacob DeGrom, you're replacing him with not a very good pitcher. <laughs> you know, so it, it's extremely costly. And it's not like you can just, oh, well, throw the bullpen. We'll bullpen our way through it. They play 30 games in 31 days to start the season. You, know, you can't be burning through your whole bullpen either right, once right, every right, right. five days. So it's imperative for the Mets especially to keep what's left of their rotation healthy and on the field. So we saw, I think it was yesterday, the day before, uh, Cespedes out there mm-hmm. showing off his, his skills. And, you know, there's no, there's no uh, question that Yuan Cespedes is a fantastic athlete, but do you want to see him out in the field, or would you rather he just goes up there and tries to match baseballs? No, I think DH, yeah. yeah. I, I'm with you. And look, it would be nice if he could play the outfield, but it's not necessary now. It was necessary when we were talking about this and looking at this back in February, and he was going to have to be able to play the field to some degree in order to hit because you didn't have the DH. Now that you have the DH, changes. He could be the full-time DH. And other teams might have the ability to mix it up and give guys days off, and that's great. But, look, if, if Pete Alonso needs a day off, which maybe he won't over the course of 60 days, but, okay, so he sits on the bench. He's available to pinch hit later. So be it. It's not the end of the world. You don't have to mix in that DH if you have someone like Yohannes Cespedes and uh, Michael Conforto said he looked like a monster a few weeks back. Cespedes proclaimed this weekend that he is ready and he'll play the outfield if it comes up, which kind of tells you I I think that he's it. not going to be out there a whole yeah. lot. I think r- running the bases is going to be an issue for Cespedes too, and we'll have to see what that looks like. But uh, the fact that Ioannis Cespedes can come back, be in the lineup almost every day, right? He should be able to play five, six days a week if all he's doing is DHing. 
and he's not the most feared hitter in the lineup. He doesn't have to carry things anymore. You think about the Mets lineup, Cespedes probably hits fifth, right? You probably go Nimmo, McEwing, and then Alonzo, Conforto, Cespedes. That's the way that I would draw it McNeil. Up. Uh, what did I say? Nimmo, Mi- McNeil. McEwing. Oh, did I say McEwing? Yeah. <laughs> a little flashback. Throwing it back. All right. So, yeah, Nimmo, <laughs> McNeil, uh, and then Alonzo, Conforto, and Cespedes. Look, he's hitting fifth for you. And if he goes 0 for 4 in the past, well, the Mets are scoring, what, two runs? Right. Now you have other threats in this lineup. So uh, look, this lineup's going to be deep. It's going to be good as long as Cespedes is out there and now having the option of a full-time DH and apparently how he looks, you could see him playing 50 games, whereas that was unthinkable that he could play five out of every six games going into the season when you had to think of him playing left field. I don't know if what kind of traction uh, SNY usually gets on their videos, but that clip I just played, if you're watching live, uh, 1.2 million views. Well, it's played about uh, a thousand times in the last few minutes. You just let it run. Well, it's I don't a think four-second ca- clip. I right? don't think it counts the six times. I, I mean, I probably watch it a hundred times on loop over here already. It's very impressive, but I don't think that. I think that's individual. I don't, I don't really know how the view count counts on that. But um, yeah, the. Uh, like before, I was saying the the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I don't think having him out there, even if it does keep him loose, is worth it. I think that we need his bat, and uh, I agree. You know, just just get him in the box. Hey, he's going to have to be pinch run for late in games often. I I think to try to keep him fresh, and maybe you do take him out if the Mets are down six runs, up six runs, right, and and try to prevent him from running the bases. I think that'll be the key. But uh, besides that. It seems like all systems go as long as he can get into the batter's box and do what he's got to do. Right, he hit a home run this weekend. He didn't even take the – he didn't circle the bases, bother doing that. I mean, we'd be curious to see when he's got to leg out that double what he looks like. Now, in the past, he wouldn't bust it until he had to. Right. And then all of a sudden you see him flying around the bases. He could cut corners like nobody else. Um, I don't know how much you see that or if that's even in there for him. Well, how about last year? Cano wasn't busting it. Then they told him you got to bust it, and then he got hurt. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But Cano is back too, by the way. That's yeah. What good. What was up with that? He was just late, late addition. Uh, they yeah, don't really talk. They guess can't talk about it. Guess is as good as right? mine. Look, there's going to be a lot of secrecy. I, I don't know. Maybe that's too strong a word, but privacy matters. Privacy whatever. is probably a better word for it regarding what's happening with these guys. The guys are just going to disappear for periods of time. They're going to be on the injured list, and none of the beat writers, you know, talking to Tim Britton of the Athletic. They don't want to speculate. Nobody wants to sit there and speculate who has what. Uh, and so you're not going to know, right? The NHL, I, I saw a report on Twitter. You know, they basically explained to the teams how to describe it. And you basically just say he's not available or whatever. So that's what you're going to have. And then does that lead to maybe you don't get a lot of in, uh, information on a regular injury? Uh, it doesn't seem like the case of Jacob DeGrom. They say back, back tightness, and that was there for everybody to see. But, again, I just think the information – that gets to the fans is going to be a lot different this year than it's been in the past. And I know it's easy to say, well, who cares? I don't need the writers. I don't need, you know, the, the media stuff. But I, I do think that a lot of it does play into you know, some of the soap opera, some of the fun things that go around. Even if they're frustrated, even if they make you upset, part of that is you know, the experience of a long season and, and having the ups and the downs. I don't think they're going to be quite as dramatic this year. Well, I think, uh, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier, the material is so limited now because they're all getting the same answers. But uh, what bothers me more, it shouldn't bother me because it's, it's so silly at this point. I hate when the Mets put out the lineup 
every single reporter puts out the lineup. Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe they do. They have to do that. I have no idea. Nobody but has to. It, it's weird. It's really weird. Like I don't follow X Y Z beat guy or gal because well, it happened gonna, yesterday with no Jacob r- Degrom when the De- Degrom update came up. That there's nothing that concerning for the Mets. Boom! Yeah. Everybody has it within ten minutes of one another, and then not even the ones exactly. who didn't get it initially got it confirmed from a source or, or whatever it is. And if you're just on your Twitter timeline, you follow all these people. It's annoying, right. but. I, I think you have to look at it, too, from their perspective. Like, oh, I want to be the only beat writer that people follow for Mets News. So yeah. I have to yeah. put it out every time. I think time. Like when it's done a little bit differently or creatively. Like I always liked yeah. Mark Craig when he was following the Mets. And, uh, you know, Tacoma was a friend of ours. But uh, I don't want to single out certain ones over the others. But okay. um, yeah, the uh, the other thing, I think, was like the Pete Alon- His I guess they've been – Play, they've been having certain players, you know, spaced out of when they can speak with the press or sure. the, the beat or whatever. And Pete Alonso said something like, I'm geeked out to play. And everyone's writing the quotes. Pete Alonso's geeked out. Whatever his thing was, you know, whatever he said. It's just like, do you really need them all writing the exact same thing? But I know there's no interesting angle right now, you know. I don't. I think that's what we're going to get a lot of. But well, you're only – you're kind of allowed to see what the team is allowing you to see. And it's more difficult to get those – stories quotes information see things with your own eyes when you're quarantined in the press box i mean look at the pictures that you see on twitter they're like from a million miles away yeah 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 you know we talked about it a little bit last week but when that comeback or from stanton hit masahiro tanaka it was the yes video that everybody saw but if all you're going by was the video from the press box it wouldn't look nearly as horrific from a thousand feet away yeah. as a lot of these videos look right I, you know again it, it's another reason why maybe you don't feel as connected until you have even the cesspitus catch there right that's not a media member in the press box it's something that the mets were able to put out after the fact right, so, right, right, right. you know again you, you're you're getting what the teams are putting out there rather than necessarily what's happening i'm wondering how the the broadcast is going to feel or sound or you know when you're watching the away game, for instance, and Gary, Keith, and Ron are here, and the Mets are playing in Boston. Uh, is it going to be? Is it going to feel the same if you're just watching the game, like as if they were there? I don't I, think I so. I think they'll adjust very quickly. I think there will be times. I, look, Gary Cohen. I know this. He'll tell you if there's something that he can't uh, see that he otherwise would be able to. Because he's done that a lot, right? He, he corrects the graphics when they're out there. I mean, he tells you. He's pretty open book about when things don't go to plan on the broadcast often. So I, I do think that you will get that. And if it is a problem, you'll probably get some exasperation from him along the way. But I also watched them call MLB the show. SNY did opening day. How was that? I didn't watch it. it was Oh, it wasn't even opening day. It was a later game in the season. They decided yeah. to have the guys do it remotely. It was cool. It was kind of comforting at the time, right? To actually hear Gary, Keith, and Ron call a game, even if it's a video game. But also the analysis from Keith and Ron where they're pointing out little things that are wrong in the game. And I think it was even Gary that pointed out Brandon Nimmo got hit by a pitch and he didn't sprint to first base in the video game. Yeah, oh, yeah. they got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, some of that was was fun so I, I enjoy that considering they were working remotely they weren't stepping on each other they have built up so much chemistry now as far as i know they will be in the same room they'll be at a studio either here at sny so they'll have the eye contact to be able to see one another but they have enough of a feel that i uh, i think they'll be just fine i think the, probably the other aspect or the aspect that'll hurt the most is 
Gary Cohen and Keith and Ron are usually at the manager availabilities all day, and they have access to the players, right? And Gary almost always asks a question. He and Howie almost always have a good question for whoever the manager is at the given time. They're not going to have that access now if they are not at the so ballpark. So bring it up during the broadcast. So I do yeah. wonder if they'll have the same insight and information for some of those road games to be able to bring to the table. Again, bringing back, how connected are you going to feel to the team when you don't know as much about what is happening? And it's strictly going to be talking about between the lines, the baseball, but even the insight of like why – a manager went with Edwin Diaz in the ninth inning instead of this other guy. Sure, you'll get the postgame answer, but you're not going to get that insight the next day, the follow-up, you know, who's going to be the next closer, right? Like a lot of these things that happen, how Dom Smith is being handled as a bench bat, whatever it might be, just these little things that come up that you know about and causes you maybe to root for a certain player or root against a certain player. I'm not sure you're going to have all those tidbits and information to the same depth that you often would. Yeah. It's impossible to have the same information. Yeah, I didn't even really? think about that because it's you know you've you've seen the uh, Gary Keith Iran uh, even walk through the uh, walk through the locker room before a game and mm -hmm. chat with a guy at his locker. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get that like you just said. You're not going to get that on the broadcast anymore. So I'm wondering how that's going to work out. But um, I'm interested to see it. I know out of those three, one guy's probably the most excited that they're going to do it from here is probably Keith. He doesn't have to travel that far now to go back to Sag Harbor every day. Um, I don't, unless he got a spot closer to the, to the stadium now. He's going to be here, you know, exclusively. But I don't know. Either way, uh, we were talking a little bit about the injury bug here. And I want to bring up uh, a segment or one of the questions from last night's Big Apple Trivia with our girl Julia Q, J-Quad. Uh, she hosted. It's uh, Last night was our third episode of Big Apple Trivia. And one of the questions was uh, a game that she is calling – or not a game, but a question she's calling, name the injury, name the player. So she would name a random either injury, sickness, illness, or whatever, and you had to say what the player was. Gosh. So uh, if you're listening afterwards and you're not seeing the video, you can go watch it on our Instagram. But it's live on Instagram every Wednesday night. It's called Big Apple Trivia, 6 o'clock Eastern. So when the game starts, it's going to be almost like a pregame right before the game starts. And uh, the way you play is you can either answer in the chat, so she'll – verbally say a question and you can answer in the chat for a $10 gift card to the seven line, or you could play uh, and be on the show. So you uh, just request to go live. So last night, I think there was like six or seven contestants. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you answer four questions correctly, you get $50. If you have a cool hat, you got to show it off. Absolutely. So uh, th let's listen to this from last night. I'm going to read off a list of bizarre injuries or illnesses that only a past or present New York Met could have possibly endured in 60 seconds. You need to identify seven of these players from their bizarre illness or injury. I think you can do it, okay? So in the you're going to name the injury. I have to name the player. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Injury and then or illness, okay? Okay, sure. We're going to start a little easy. Time will start after I finish reading the first one, okay? Sure. All right, here we go. Injured shoulder in a taxi cab accident. Dwyer Sanchez. Correct. Can I Fractured play? wrist from falling on the sidewalk curb. Jerry. Pass. Oh, okay. Blevin. Alleged food poisoning from chicken he cooked himself. Brendan Nemo. Nemo. Correct. Broke both ankles in an incident with a wild boar. Seth. You're right, Seth. There's only one, but Correct. it's okay. Had to leave the game to take a shit. Pass. <laughs> Severed part of his fingers with a hedge trimmer. Aduhita. Correct. Valley uh, fever. I did. Correct. Prolonged a concussion by boarding a team airplane. Ryan Church. Correct. You need <laughs> one more. Hit in the dick with a Justin Furlander fastball with no cup on. <laughs> 
Wimble Flores. No, broke wrist while moving furniture. Oh, shit. Duda. Yes, correct! You got wow. it! Wow. Nicely done. Who let the kid take the shit? What's so pathetic is that there's still so many left that I'm going to do this question. Uh, I was waiting for point. the, you know, people forget, the Luis Castillo, Cody Sanchez. So that's a uh, little little <laughs> part of last night's game. Um, you know, I didn't know about the Bobby well Ojeda. together, yeah. yeah. With the head Julia's great. She's a star. So uh, I struck... Yeah, I've known I've known Julia for a long time now, but with this, it's almost like uh, kind of struck gold with her and Herm being so great at what they do. So Herm has been doing our art classes uh, remotely from Brooklyn. Julia is now doing the trivia on Instagram, and I feel like I'm, I almost have like one foot out the door. Everyone else is taking over now. You know, it's not just on my shoulders anymore. Which you know, I don't want to say that this whole thing has been a one man show. You know, Lizzie's been great. You got Megan working in the warehouse. We had Adam in the past. Uh, a bunch of people have worked in the warehouse. Uh, PJ and, and so on and so forth. But as far as the content side, like we've been doing this and, you know, there hasn't been more than just like one show a week. Now we have like four because we're doing bingo Mondays, uh, you know, the, the trivia show, the art show, orange and blue thing. So there's a lot going on and the content machine is kind of running and uh, I'm loving it. I, I liked watching that last night from my couch when I knew I had like nothing. It was on the seven lines Instagram, but I had nothing, nothing to do with it. I thought that was great. I, yeah. I, she's been doing a great job and uh, I've been having fun with it. So, um, I do. I don't know if this is a segue here, but I want to let the, you could let the people know what's going on. You're moving. You're leaving New York. Yeah, yeah. We're doing it. We're dipping our toe in the waters. We're gonna Airbnb for a couple months down in North Carolina. See, see how it is. Have a little space for the baby to to run around a little bit. So, uh, try some things down there. See if we like it, and we could always come back. And we're putting our stuff in storage, basically, or uh, or stay down there. But uh, seemed like a better idea probably two months ago before it kind of blew up in the south with the virus and all that but yeah i think uh that's that's what we're looking at i mean look job wise without sports it's been tough and if you're gonna be underemployed and you don't have access to daycare my wife works remotely now so we have the ability to move i take care of the baby during the day and then i can do some things remotely some things i can't but you know like i said it's been uh I think kind of in the cards over the last few months. And if you, you know, look at it and say you can pay rent in New York City or pay rent <laughs> somewhere else. You get a full house. Have the same yard. amount of money coming in. Yeah, maybe buy a house, something like that. It's worth looking into. So that's uh, that's what we're looking at. And, you know, I, I looked it up, MLB.TV. I'm not blacked out except when they play the Braves and the Nationals. So then I'll have to work find a workaround but otherwise i'll be able to watch the met games so as far as orange and blue thing is concerned uh you know Pete and i got a couple more shows here and then we're going to try to work on something that Pete could do uh from from his new his new spot for the time being i feel like the orange and blue thing that like we talked about this too like our we wouldn't be getting the same back and forth if uh we were doing it through zoom or something so i feel like as far as this is concerned you know orange and blue things can continue uh it's been more than fun. I, I couldn't even put words on how much fun I've been having the past, you know, now year and almost a year and a half with you on this. But, uh, you know, like Foley said, it's not like the end of the game, which is like the end of the inning. We'll figure something else out. But, yeah. uh, you know, I've been – this is so much fun for me. So thank you for everything over the past no, – It's been great. I you know, year and a half. All the, uh, that you've done for me and, and doing this show and, and having an outlet to – Express my Mets angst, opinions, whatever it might be after uh, after the radio show ended. And the Mets changed stations, so 
Uh, this has been this has been fantastic and uh, and a lot of fun all the way. And I like the Coors Lights and the beers over the last couple of years, so it's not bad. You know, uh, speaking of just like property values and how freaking expensive New York is, I was doing a little research. Uh, I was thinking about going up to Winchester, North Winchester, New Hampshire soon for a motocross race. Mm -hmm. Just looking for things to do, yada yada. I was googling. And uh, in the search, something came up about real estate. It happened just to click it, just see how much houses are worth up there. Uh, I saw last night, actually. It's like a, it's a, basically a mansion. It's got a, uh, uh, it's got a uh, basketball, full-size bas basketball court in the back. It's got, a, uh, you know, fire pits. The backyard's done beautifully. Indoors, they have uh, a, a, a putting area and an indoor hot tub, whatever. And it's on like eight acres. And it's like 400 and change. Um, you can't even get like a studio for that in New York. No, it's a lot. I love Queens. My wife and I looked at buying a place since last summer in Queens. And it's, you know, it's like 700 Insane. plus Insane. just starting costs. Like the worst place, you know, for a house is, you know, a lot of money. Um, so, yeah. And once you're living in a world where maybe my wife can work remotely and you know, do whatever. I don't know. Um it starts to become a lot more attractive to, to look elsewhere, especially, again, you know, you have a young child and you're not sure how things are going to look going forward. So, I, you know, again, it's uh, it's tricky. It's not an easy decision, but uh, that's why I moved I to Suffolk it, County. I mean, you know, I'm comfortable with it now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. look, uh, I the grew up in Suffolk East. County. I grew up you know, in East Isle, not far from where you, you are in Patchogue now. Uh, and that was you know, a, a consideration. But if you're going to bounce bounce yeah i don't want to be on long island railroad right like, no, I, I, I hear you i, I work crazy hours over the last year freelance and overnights on the fan and like you know six days a week multiple shifts a day sometimes i would go in the city during the day and then be home for a couple hours and then go back out you know it was, it was nice in queens to do that you can't be doing that in suffolk i'll never see anybody so the same town a 36 acre lot that's huge how much do you think you can get 36 acres of land in Winchester, New Hampshire? Just just the land? Just the land. But, I mean, you could build a If you're a contractor, if you have the skills, you could build a brand-new house for pretty inexpensive. Yeah, is it even six figures? I guess so. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's less than a new car. I mean, look, it's just— 36 acres, $24,000. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So you get out of New York, you can your dollar goes a long way. If you don't want to go to Costa Rica, I, th I know Costa Rica, <laughs> the dollar goes a long way in Costa Rica. Um, anyway, yeah, no, but, uh, you know, all the best to you and the fam. I think it's a smart decision. Uh, you know, if I was in your shoes, I'd probably do the exact same thing. And especially I've with heard the, a lot with of that, young kid, which has been uh, a little surprising. I don't know. What, did they do the same thing? Yeah. Well, a lot of people said good for you, like that kind of thing, rather yeah. than, you know, eh. What are you thinking with that? You know, why would you leave? Like, New York has this and that. Because right now, New York doesn't have anything. Like, right? I mean, a lot of the things that you love about New York just aren't there. Right, right, right. You know, you can't go to the games or, you know, go to Broadway or whatever the heck you would do. Go to the bars, restaurants, all that kind of stuff to, to the same degree. So, like I said, I mean, we'll, we'll try it out, see if we like it. I love the subway. I'll miss the subway, man. You'll be back. Three bucks. Go wherever you want. <laughs> now I have a car. So speaking of access earlier, and you know the uh, the the responses that the the uh, the press or the beat has been getting from through Zoom with with the players, uh, thirty for thirty, ESPN is putting together a uh, multi-part 
series about the 86 Mets, which uh, they just announced recently. Do you think that they're going to just get the same answers or the same stories that you read in, like, The Bad Guys 1 or something like that? Or is this going to be anything different? That's a good question. That's a good question. Right? Are, are we going to find these stories? Is there anything new going to come out? You know, I'll tell you, I loved SNY. They played game six of the 86 World Series and had all of the players, like, dropping in on the Zoom call. And most of them are hanging out in their back deck like drinking beers, uh, Howard Johnson, like a big cigar. Yeah. And they're just kind of busting on each other for what they're doing during the games and remembering these at-bats and these moments. So what, it was it was fantastic. I mean, I would highly recommend watching that if they uh, still have it available on the site, which I'm sure they do. But, um, yeah, the 30 for 30, I got to think they'll find something. They have, they have to have an angle in order to put this together, but – even if it is a lot of the same stories to have the video component with it and going back and seeing, you know, what led up to the, the fight with Eric Davis, right? Or, uh, you know, some of these moments that occur over the course of the year, maybe like the news reports of what happened when the players were arrested in Houston. Uh, you know, they'll find some archival footage and things of that nature that'll be like, oh, that's kind of cool to see and to take in. And remember, it's for different generations as well. Um you know, you, not everybody has read The Bad Guys 1. Right, Not right, everybody's right. read all these books. I mean, that book now has been out almost 20 years. So. Is that Perlman? Yeah, Jeff Perlman. Uh, so, you know, a lot of this stuff has been around for a while, and for a lot of people, you know, they know Keith Hernandez from the SNY broadcast. They might be surprised to learn some of the, you know, the the behaviors of that team from uh, from 1986. But maybe it'll be more for a national audience rather than for Mets fans who already know this team. But it, I think it'll be cool to have it memorialized have, to a degree where you get another chance to relive it. Have you seen the – it's on Vimeo. Uh, you know, the – I don't know if they're a competitor, but similar to YouTube. It's called Vimeo. Uh, did you see the edit? I think it's like 10 minutes long. I'm Keith Hernandez. No. It's fan. Fantastic. Somebody put together like a mini it's it's half of it's like satire and half of it's real. It's it's incredible. Look it up if you guys have any interest. I'm Keith Hernandez. It's I'll send you the link. I, I'm probably not really uh, building it up correctly, but it's really funny. It's got it's almost like a mini documentary just about Keith. Uh, it, it's it's really funny. You guys should <laughs> check it out. But um, so a couple of days ago, it almost felt back to normal where I got a phone call from. News 12, because they're, they were doing a, or they are doing a story about uh, businesses that are open. So, you know, they're trying to highlight different businesses that are, uh, you know, doing their thing. And with baseball uh, knocking on our door, they selected the seven line as a local business that they wanted to highlight. So uh, that's going to be out tomorrow. And I can't thank uh, News 12 enough for uh, shining a little light on, on the seven line and giving us a little platform to... Um, you know, get the word out that we're still still in business. But I had the idea in the same breath when I got the phone call from them to ask uh, Twitter, actually put it on this, the Orange and Blue Thing Twitter account for maybe some small businesses in the area that are owned by Mets fans that might want a little free plug here. So uh, I got I got I said you can either re- reply to this tweet or DM me. And someone DM'd me with, he's like, this is my sister's lingerie uh, business. Here's the Instagram handle. I clicked it. I wouldn't really even call this lingerie. It was like sh- it was sheer. I didn't think you could put nudity on Instagram. <laughs> so I'm not going to plug that one because I don't know if that was true or not. But uh, I picked a few here. MasterAutoLocksmith.com. That's our buddy John Salazar. Uh, he works all throughout the area. Great locksmith. And um, 
he actually helped a couple Mets players out when they locked their keys in their cars once before. So it's oh, it's wow, okay. it's uh, I don't know if it's just uh, yeah it is masterautolocksmith.com. John Salazar Blue Line Deli in uh, Huntington. It's uh, owned by a guy named Donald Rosner who is a Mets fan and also a gigantic Islanders fan. The whole place is decked out orange and blue. Uh, the L in Blue Line is a hockey stick. They've done a bunch of stuff with the Islanders as well. Give them, uh, check them out. And uh, the third one here for this week, I, I, maybe we'll do this every week, I don't know, but I picked a few uh, that stood out. Extreme Carpets in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Brad said his dad owns the uh, company, made him a big Mets fan. And I don't know if they have a website, but if you uh, need some carpets done, um, 718-257-9666. Hit them up. All different businesses in the area owned by Mets fans. So uh, just trying to give back because, you know, News 12 did a nice thing. I'm trying to help you guys out as well. So That's great. Um, we pretty much hit our whole list here of uh, little things to talk about for the week. Mets versus Yankees this weekend. They're going to be playing here on Friday night and Saturday at Baseball. Yankee Stadium. Baseball is back somewhat. Finally, it's been a long break. I can't wait until next Friday. I was thinking, that, you know, if you're listening afterwards and you missed the beginning or weren't paying attention, uh, we are in the Seven Lines truck, which is now fully outfitted with Internet and uh, the whole nine. We're running off a generator right now, and I got the mobile hotspot. I might just bring the truck home next Friday and just park this in my driveway. and just watch. There's a television on the outside of this thing. <laughs> just watch it outside and pretend I'm here. Uh, instead of just being inside on the couch. I don't know. And I love the authenticity of, of at least for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be here doing the show, hearing the trains, hearing the planes fly overhead. Yeah, transportation uh, capital of the world, uh, right over City Field, right in this area. So, yeah, no, it's it, it's great setup. I mean, it's cool for us, too, uh, having the view of the stadium as we're doing the show. We've got, you know, the truck opens up. See, we were open air on three sides here. It's, uh, it's fantastic. All right, guys. So uh, thank you for watching. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to uh, share the show if you want some free Mets stuff. Also, if you're listening afterwards on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, all that stuff, uh, rate, review, subscribe, share the show. And uh, thanks to Coors Light. Thanks to Dugout Mugs. Don't forget, if you want one of these free knob shots, go to dugoutmugs.com slash knob shot promo, all one word. Uh, they are normally $24.50. They are going to be free. You just got to pay the shipping and handling. So that's it from us at City Field. We'll see you guys next week. And uh, that's it. Let's go Mets.